Welcome to the Life Fellowship Ministries International Broadcast. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. I was thinking during worship about love. And last week I talked on love, uh, and this week is really part two of this same topic. And I was thinking about the love in this house. I was thinking about the love that I have for all of you. And I was thinking about the love that we have for each other. And I think it's very, very wonderful that we're a part of a church family that not only knows about love, but they demonstrate love in tangible ways. And I'm, I'm really touched by that. So today's message is love demonstrated. <clears throat> I thought about an example that I wasn't sure if I wanted to use or not because it's somewhat graphic, but I've decided I'm going to use it this morning. And <clears throat> all of us know what a porta potty is. We don't like to go on those things. But on occasion, we have to, right? And I was thinking about love demonstrated. And the greatest love that we can think of is Jesus coming from heaven, a holy, righteous place of purity, and coming down to a sinful-filled world to die for sinners, people like us. And I thought, what if someone was in a tank of slop, from one of those porta potties, and they were stuck in there. And somebody loved them enough to go down in there and get in that mess and pull them out because of their love for them. And I don't know if this is really a good representation of what Jesus has done for us, but I think we can get the concept of Jesus coming from a holy place of purity and righteousness, and stepping into a sin-filled world for us. And, and so, this morning, I, I want us to be thinking about love. Not only what Jesus has done for us, but how we can respond and reciprocate to Him in this relationship that we talk about so often and how we can demonstrate love to one another. Selfless, godly love. From last week, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 1-3. If I could speak all the languages of the earth and of the angels, but did not love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. As a drummer, I know what those, those, sound, those things sound like. And there's a, there's a symbol called... Uh, uh, well, there's a gong. You know what a gong is. And there, there are times when you can use that. There's, there's another symbol called a china. And it, it sounds like a trash can lid when you hit it. <laughs> but it's, it's designed to sound like that. So every once in a while, you hit that china, and it's, it, it's just a different sound. But if you were to sit there and bang on that china, it would sound like you're banging on a trash can lid. That would get very irritating and so if we had these gifts that God had given us, but we were abusing them or not using them correctly, or if we were using them without love, 
It would be like a china, somebody banging on that symbol. If I had the gift of prophecy and understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but I did not love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I had to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Look what I've done. Look at, look at me. Look at me. But if, if it was done with the wrong heart and the wrong motives, if it was done without love, it wouldn't matter. So my first point this morning is love is the key to our life. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 19, we love each other because he first loved us. He said, I'll go down to the pit. I'll go down to that place, that sin-filled earth, because I love those people. I love them. Jesus made the first move, and it was a bold move. Jesus knew that Jesus would, uh, Jesus knew that Judas would betray him. Jesus knew, even though he was sinless, he would take on all the sin, all of our sin, all of our guilt and shame would be placed on him. Jesus knew many would reject him and reject God's forgiveness for all their sins. Jesus knew that you and I would make mistakes and he died for our sins anyway. Jesus knew that people would reject him. <clears throat> Have we ever rejected him? Maybe we've never said, I reject you, Jesus. But maybe we've rejected him by not yielding to him. By not doing what he wants us to do, what he says we should do for our own good. Jesus is not looking for flawless people. He's looking for those who desire to have a relationship with him and who will yield to him. There are people that say, oh, I have a relationship with, with God. I have a relationship with Jesus, but I won't yield to him. I'll give him part of my life. I think about the scripture that, that says that one day some will come to Jesus and say, but Lord, Lord, we cast out demons in your name. We did signs and wonders. We did all these powerful things. And he says, depart from me. I don't know you. So there are people that may say they have a relationship with Jesus, but he doesn't know them because they really don't. Do we have a personal, intimate relationship with him? Does he know who we are? When we get to heaven, is he going to say, oh yeah, come on in. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Enter in. Come on. You're part of the family. Or is this just relationship by name only? The Gospel of John, Jesus said John, in John 14, 15, if you love me, if, conditional, right? If you love me, obey my commandments. 
I think we could flip that and say, if we keep his commandments, that means it proves that we love him. And Jesus was all about relationship. He's not about the law. He came to fulfill the law, and he didn't do away with the, with the law. I, I want us to take a, a moment, and I want everyone just to close your eyes. And I want you to think about this question, I guess. I want you to ask Holy Spirit if there's anything that he is telling you to stop doing. Or if there's something that he is telling you to do that you're resistant to. Just, just take a, a few seconds here. And I want you, I want everyone here to ask the Lord that question. Lord, is there something that you're asking me to stop doing? Is there something that you're asking me to begin to do? Lord, speak to us right now. Speak to us right now. Okay. All right, you can open your eyes. Did, did anybody get anything from the Lord? Anybody get anything they want to share? Okay, D. Okay. I have, I'm not used to a microphone. I, I heard God say, I need you to be bold. I need you to be fearlessly bold. And for me, that includes um, refusing to be fearful of man. Okay, good. Anybody else? My mic off. And the word says, if we know it's wrong, if we know it's sin and we continue to do it, we're sinning. So that's a good word. God, listen, if God didn't tell you anything right now, it's okay. But my point is, we need to be continually pressing into the Lord and asking Him, especially in these days of chaos and craziness Lord, how do you want me to handle this situation? What are you speaking to me today? What are, what, are you, what are you wanting me to do? How do you want me to respond? Let's go back to 1 John. 1 John chapter 4, verses 19 through 21. We love each other because he first loved us. If someone says, I love God but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. Those are strong words. For if we don't love people we can see, how can we love God whom we cannot see? How, how do you treat others? What would others outside of this room say about you? Your, your neighbor, your co-worker. When God transforms our heart and our life, 
It's not only going to impact our relationship with him, but other people as well. Because Jesus came for a relationship with him and relationship with one another. I don't know if I can do both of these at the same time. (laughs) Okay, whatever. It makes a cross, all right? And he has given us this command, those who love God must also love their fellow believers. I bet you couldn't do it either, Chantel. (laughs) She's laughing at me. But listen, if... It's about this love. This, this thing is really, really important, as, as I've shared with you, I, I think even last week. I've been in situations where the love of God is so present, it's tangible. It's life-changing. Those who love God must also love fellow believers. Love is a command But again, it's not just some ritualistic thing that we do, oh, I love you. It's a heart thing where we really, 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 really love one another. Even those that are unlovable. Love is our choice. Love requires. Love requires. Love changes hearts and lives. (laughs) I think that love is probably the most powerful force in the universe, aside from the Lord and and the Holy Spirit. But think about it. If we truly loved one another, we wouldn't be hearing about missiles being shot into Israel right now. So my first point is love is the key to our life. My second point is love is a verb. It's an action word. Do we take love and do we have some action behind it or with it? Or is it just something we say casually, I love you, with no action behind it? We've all had people say, I love love you, and probably demonstrate something very different than that. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 13, love is patient and kind. Our actions reflect our level of love. Is anybody else getting their toes stomped on right now? (laughs) Besides me? Our actions reflect our level of love. And I think, for me, I, I need to apply this to every area of my life. I need to apply this on a daily basis. I need, to, I need to get this seared into my brain that our actions reflect our level of love. Because I think the Lord wants to take us deeper in this love thing. Not just to be nice or kind, but to really love. And that's, that's why I've had us pray this prayer. Lord, help me. To love others. Help me to really love others like you love them. Help me to love others like you love me. And when we pray that prayer with great expectation, God begins to do something in our heart. I know we prayed that before. Has anybody else felt a difference from that? We've prayed that prayer several times. 
continue to pray and ask the Lord to help you love others in that manner. And He will. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud. Are you jealous of anyone? Are you arrogant? Here's one of the enemy's greatest tools, pride. Are you prideful? Wow. That looks awesome. Man, I did such a great job on that. that that's, really, that's really cool. Hey, hey, Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy, hey, man, how you doing? Hey, I was just uh, painting my address on my trash can here, and it looks really awesome. Uh, I, I know you said you had a, a, a son in kindergarten, right? Yeah. I, I was wondering, did he paint the numbers on your trash can? Because that, I can't, I know your address, but I can't tell if that's a seven or a one. But uh, anyway, yeah, that's, that's a great idea, but mine looks really awesome. Uh, if, if yours gets put at the wrong address down the street, I'll, I'll pick it up for you because I know your address. Um, yeah, hey, good to see you, man. My neighbors love me, man. I'm such a great guy. <laughs> I'm all, look, I, look at how I'm trying to help people. You know, my neighbors love me. I'm so wonderful. What do your neighbors think about you? What is your heart? Love. We're talking about love here. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and keeps no record of being wronged. Okay, that's one. Oh, there's two, three. Really, four. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Do we keep record? Hmm. I'm glad God doesn't keep records. He says that when we pray, we ask forgiveness. We come to him. The slate is wiped clean. He's looking at us through the blood of Christ that sanctifies us, that forgives us. Do you keep a list of offenses? Do you choose to forgive others? Matthew 18 says, if you've got a problem, go to them. Go to them and talk to them. Do we do that or do we go talk to everybody else? You know what, what Johnny did, man. Let me tell you about what Johnny did. No, I don't want to know what Johnny did. You need to go talk to Johnny because your problem is with Johnny. I don't want, I don't want to hear about it. Do we do that? Because when Johnny and that person resolve their issue... There's grace for that, but there's not grace for me because I was never supposed to be in that mix. It does not, talking about love, it does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Love never 
gives up. Never loses faith. There are people that we have prayed for for years and years because we never gave up. And now some of those people are walking with the Lord because we continued to pray for them. We never gave up. We always tried to model an example love to them and, and a Christian walk in life, encouraging them. When they were in the pits of hell, come on, man, you can do it. You can get out. With, with the help of the Lord, you can get out of this mess. But see, love is a verb. It doesn't just say, I love you. It requires of us, and sometimes it requires us to get on our knees and pray. Pray for those people that need help. Listen, prayer is, is work. <laughs> Love never gives up. It never loses faith. It's always hopeful. It's always hopeful. I had a friend a number of years ago that was dying from cancer. They told her, that she had six months. She prayed. We were all praying. And she lived for like six years. A lot longer. And she said, Mark, as long as there's breath, there's hope. You may think, well, somebody is so far gone, there is no hope for them. There is always hope. There's always hope for people. As long as they're breathing and alive, there is hope for people. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. You know, life is not always easy. But we know that God is for us. And sometimes we don't always understand everything that's going on, many times or maybe. But we trust Him, and we know that with His help we can make it. I can do what? All things through Christ. Who? What? Gives me strength. God is able through His mighty power at work in our lives to do exceedingly abundantly more than we could ever what? Ask or think. What's the key here? His mighty power working through our life that we may be able to do exceedingly abundantly more than we could ever ask or even think. It's His power working through people that will yield to Him. Love is the key to our life. Love is a verb. It's an action word. My third point this morning is love God and others extravagantly. <sighs> what a blessing that we get to do that. That we get to pour out our love on people and re receive their love and have that kind of relationship here on a daily basis that is life-changing. 1 Corinthians 13, 8, prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless, <laughs> but love lasts forever. Prophecy in unknown languages and speaking special knowledge will not be needed in heaven. Can you imagine Jesus? We're all in heaven. Jesus, hey, uh, Mark Johnson has a word he wants to share today. Come on up, Mark. Uh, well, well, hi. 
Well, you know, everyone, uh, we need Jesus. Oh, we're in heaven. We, we have Jesus. Uh, I don't think there's going to be any preaching in heaven. We're going to be there. Preaching and teaching is for now to bring people into this relationship for all of eternity with him. Let me give you a, a tip. I think there's going to be a lot of worship going on. If you don't like worship, you better get in the zone now. <laughs> and I don't know. I don't, I don't know what we're going to do. I haven't been there yet, okay? I'm still here. But um, I don't think we're going to be like sitting on clouds, just floating around. Hey, what's up, y'all? I, I don't know what it's going to be like. But I know it's going to be awesome. And I know it's going to be for all of eternity. And... Uh, if we love people, and I know we do, we're, we're not going to want to see anyone miss out. Even the people we don't like, the cactus people. God, God will probably burn those cactus points off of them. You know, they do that in, in, the, in the ranches. They burn the, the, what do you call those things? Thorns. Thank you. <laughs> They, they burn the thorns off the cactus so the cows can eat it and not get cactus in their mouth. Okay, thorns in their mouth. And so prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will one day become useless, but love will last forever. Think about that, love. And I thought about this too. I thought about the level of, level of love that we have now. I think will be minuscule compared to what we experience when we get to heaven. I, I just think is everything's going to be amplified. So let's read on in 1 Corinthians 13, 9. says, Now our knowledge is partial and incomplete. And even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture. So prophecy is for us now. Where the Lord is speaking to us and giving us words. I remember uh, many years ago that one of the first words of prophecy that I ever received, I think, actually, I think it was the first word of prophecy that I ever received. We, we were going to this church, and uh, they had this guy there. They called him a prophetic psalmist. And have any of you ever seen or heard of Kim Clements? I don't know, he's passed away now. But he, would, he was kind of like that. He would, he would play the piano, and maybe there'd be a full band behind him, and he would just be worshiping, and then he, God would download into him. Well, this guy, his name was uh, Charles Slagle. He would play and uh, you know, just invite the presence of the Lord there, and he'd be playing, and the Lord would give him a word for somebody, and, and you know, it, was just, it was just flowing, flowing. And I remember, at, I think it was a Sunday night, uh, he said, I want to do something tonight. He said, if you feel like you have a word from the Lord for someone, I want you to go over and tell them. And, and, or if, if, you know, just, you know, just pray and ask the Lord. Well, so I was standing there and I saw these people moving around and they were talking to one another. And, but I didn't feel like I had a word for anyone and no one came to me and said anything. So I thought, well, okay. So we sat down, and then he, uh, he says, okay, young man, uh, were you playing the drums? And he's talking to me. I was younger then, okay. And uh, he said, young man, were you playing the drums? I said, yes. And he said, 
I have a word for you from the Lord. He said, I'm, I'm getting like 15 years on this. But he said, the Lord is, is telling me that you're called to preach. And he told me some other things that, that were relevant to my life that he could not have known. And uh, so, you know, I, I would think about that from time to time. And I remember uh, being in the lab at work at, at Selenese several times. And I'd be in the lab doing my little work. And I'm thinking, you know, I remember that word that, I, that I'm called to preach. But, you know, it hasn't happened yet. And I would just kind of think about that every once in a while in the back of my mind. And then we moved to, to the Houston area, got transferred up here, and we were going to a church. And the pastor there began to ask me to speak. On a, you know, I'd speak like six or eight times a year. And that word came back to me that you're called to preach. And you know what? It was right in the timeline of what that, that gentleman had spoken to me over my life. Now, here's the thing. You know, we just read that, uh, uh, that even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the picture. Okay, so I'm called to preach. And uh, as I've shared with you before, I would get up and speak. And, and I, was, I was good with that. I mean, my heart was really just to play worship, play drums. I mean, I love that. I was good there. But, but you know what? He asked me if I would speak. And I said, yes. You know, the Scripture says that we're, you know, our heart and attitude should be if, if the Lord says, hey, will you do this? Here am I. Send me, Lord. I'll do it. I may not really want to do it, or I may not feel like I have the skills to do it, or whatever. But I can look back and see how God was using that. Those are what, that's one of the things that the Lord used to help prepare me for where I am today. But, and, and so could it have happened if I said, no, I won't do it? Sure, it could have happened. But I was willing. And here's the thing. When, when that gentleman had that word from the Lord for me, I didn't know. I, it was never on my radar to to pioneer a church or plant a church. But God doesn't always give us the full picture. Many times well, God will say, okay, here's, here's the first step. You take that step. You be obedient in this step, and then I'll show you the next one. I mean, it's like when, when before we bought our property, I felt like the Holy Spirit said, if you don't buy this, you're going to regret it. We, I didn't have time to do our due diligence and check and make sure you know, everything was good, that there were no contaminants from the oil well next door, any of that, we signed the contract. It's walking in faith. It's taking one step at a time. When the Lord said, buy this property, we bought it. I, I called the banker, and he said, uh, yeah. Uh, and, and then I called my realtor, rather, and, and he said, yeah, let me get everything in order. And uh, he called me back, and he said, uh, their realtor wants a letter of commitment from the bank. I called the bank, and he said, yeah, I'll have one to you this afternoon. I'm like, wow. There were other people that were looking at this property as well. And I, I, knew, I knew in my spirit that we needed to move on that now. And we did. I, I had no idea that three years into it, the mineral rights would be paying 71% of our mortgage on the land. That's what I'm talking about. As we begin to trust God, step out in faith, 
He will do exceedingly abundantly more than we could ask or even think. So, back to this scripture here about prophecy. God doesn't always reveal everything to us. He reveals to us what we need to know that so, so that we can respond in accordance to what he's asking us to do. Verse 11. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. So are we growing and maturing in the Lord? Or do we still need to be spoon-fed baby food? He's talking about spiritual uh, maturity here. Are we growing? And I know, I know that we are. But again, it's a choice that we are yielding to the Lord, that we are stepping out in faith, that we are loving one another in a tangible way that requires of us sometimes. Now we see things imperfectly like puzzling reflections in a mirror, but then we will see everything with perfect clarity. So there will be a time when we get to heaven, I would assume, that we will begin to see things more clearly. Maybe we'll begin to understand why God had us do something that we didn't understand or was uncomfortable doing and, and see the fullness of the picture that maybe through that, that obedience to the Lord, many people got saved. Many people were healed. We don't know. We don't know in fullness. But one day, one day, I believe we will know. And what's important now is that we obey. Our responsibility is, to not, is not to know what the results are. That's up to him. Our responsibility is to obey what he's asked us to do today and, and trust him and, and let the results be up to him. Now we see things imperfectly like puzzling reflections in a mirror, but then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete, but then I will know everything completely, just as God now knows me completely. And here's probably my favorite scripture in the entire Bible. Three things will last forever. forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is not faith. We would think, oh, faith is the greatest thing. The greatest is love. Love is the key to our life. Love is the verb. Love God and others extravagantly. We have the opportunity to love one another extravagantly. <laughs> We're probably going to need the Lord's help on, with some of these people. But we can love like God loves. 